0: I read a parable by Thomas Troger about a fictitious pastor named Reverend Jason Kirk and a fictitious church called uh, Clyde's Corner Church. Uh, this church was named Clyde's Corner Church after a man named Cedric Clyde who was a successful farmer and uh Provided all the money to to build the building of this church. Well, before he died, uh, Cedric Clyde donated a lot of furniture for the church, including a large chair for the raised chancel area behind the pulpit. This large chair for the raised chancel area behind the pulpit was a red chair, it had massive arms. And uh, dark mahogany legs uh, carved like the shape of a lion's claw. So, do you get the picture of this large red church, massive arms, dark mahogany legs in the shape of a lion's claw? Well, uh, as as several years passed, and after Cedric Clyde died, uh, there, this chair became the subject of a bitter debate between members of the Cedric Clyde's family, who loved the chair and appreciated uh, their dad and grandma and great grandfather, and and other members of the church, particularly newer members of the church, who had no connection to Cedric Clyde and thought this big, auspicious-looking chair did not belong in the chancel area, well, you can imagine the bitter debate ensued. The Members of the Clyde family, of course, loved Clyde, and they came to church every Sunday, and they looked at that big, beautiful chair, and they were reminded of the, about the founding of the church, the early growth of the church, the, 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 the generosity of their father, grandfather, and great-grandfather, Cedric Clyde, and their family heritage. But this chair became a source of great conflict in the church. In this parable, uh, Pastor Jason Kirk says, uh, every Sunday, Every sentence that I lift into the air during my sermon, I know people are uh, judging whether or not this is ammunition for their side or for the other side. He says, You see, I know that people are watching and listening. Is the pastor for the chair or is he against the chair? And, and this chair became a subject was creating great division and, and, and angst in the congregation. Well, as I shared, it's a fictitious parable. And yet the reality is, uh, conflict is often experienced in the church. The Apostle Paul uh, wrote to the church in Corinth, two different letters that we have. Some say he wrote more than two letters to the church at Corinth, but we have two of them uh, with us still today, 2,000 years later. He addressed conflict in the church. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, and he addressed conflict in the church. He addressed a letter to the churches of the Galatia region addressing conflict in the church. And in today, as we continue our, our series, Life Together, Looking at the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul is talking to the Ephesian Christians about oneness and unity in the church along the theme of building up the body, building up the body. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, this is what Paul writes, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Paul's uh, challenge, his exhortation, his encouragement to the church at Ephesus for oneness and unity. And what a great reminder for us today. How applicable is God's word? How relevant is God's word in the 21st century? Just as relevant and applicable as it was in the first century. Today, in the midst of polarizing issues in society, in the midst of polarizing issues in the church, it's a good reminder that we find our oneness with one another, in our community with one another, and in our relationship with Jesus Christ. One aspect of building up the body is to affirm, mentally, spiritually, theologically, our oneness in Christ. Our unity was certainly on display this past Monday night. Many of you were here. We had a congregational, congregation-wide prayer meeting, and uh, we prayed together. during this time of discernment. I know many of you are praying individually, but it was such a blessing to have 55 of us together here praying and interceding for the church at this time and certainly felt the oneness and unity of the Spirit. Then as we gathered at the end of the prayer gathering right up front here, we got together in this big circle and we got shoulder to shoulder with one another, put our arms around each other's shoulder and prayed the prayer Jesus taught us to pray, the Lord's Prayer. And as we stood shoulder to shoulder, then we sang the doxology, giving praise and glory to God. And it was that those moments, those minutes of of that oneness and unity in the spirit and in Christ. That's life together. That's life together. Building up the body. Let me just remind you what I shared at the beginning of this series when we were starting this series on life together. I shared with you when we started that uh, uh, unity is not to be confused with uniformity. Unity is not to be confused with uniformity. Unity does not mean that we will agree uh, on everything with everybody all the time. That's just not possible. Unity does not mean that you have to walk in lockstep with, with me or with everyone else on everything all the time. That's just not possible. Unity is not to be confused with uniformity. We, we talked in that first Sunday about the example of the orchestra and how in the orchestra, everybody has different parts to play. Everybody has different instruments. There are different important sec- sections and segments of the orchestra Everyone does not play the same instrument, but everyone plays the same song in the same key, in harmony with one another. Not the same instrument, not the same section, but the same song in the same key, in harmony with one another. As Paul writes in Ephesians that I just read, there is one body. One spirit, one hope, one faith, one Lord, one baptism, one God and Father of us all. Our unity is in our identity in Christ. Our core, fundamental, primary unity is in our identity in Christ. Our unity is not in having or not having a big red chair with massive arms and legs up on the chancel, but it's in having a cross that we face every Sunday. Our unity is in Christ, what he's done for us on Calvary and his glorious resurrection. Let's never forget that. When we know and affirm our unity in Christ and our identity in Christ, then we will experience and pursue unity with one another. Now we will have our differences, right? (laughs) That's what makes life fun. We will have our differences. We will have our different perspectives and our different opinions and different ideas. We'll We'll have our differences. But then we will pursue what Paul says in verse three. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit Through the bond of peace. And we will heed Paul's instruction, verse 2: to be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. That's life together. You see, if our our core identity, if our primary identity is in anything else, if our core identity is in our politics, or our nationality, or our denomination, or our socioeconomic status, or, or, or if it's in our particular position on any certain number of hot topic issues, then our unity collapses and we experience this unity. But when our core fundamental unity is in Christ, we, we experience life together that God intends. One aspect of building up the body of Christ, we're talking about building up the body this morning, one aspect is to affirm mentally, spiritually, and theologically our unity is in Christ. we are experiencing a difficult and challenging time as a congregation. And and for those of you that are new today or new watching online, if you're not not familiar with it, we can talk more afterwards, but we are experiencing a difficult and challenging time as a congregation as we uh, make a decision uh, about the long-term future of Asbury. Not just a decision for today that will affect today or tomorrow, but that will affect the long term uh, health and well being of Asbury. And whether or not we should remain affiliated with the United Methodist Church, or whether we should affiliate with the Global Methodist Church, or another denomination, or be independent. And so these are difficult and challenging times that we are living through, walking through, talking through, praying through, thank you for praying. Tomorrow, uh, I'll be going out to Holy Wisdom Monastery. Some of you are familiar with Holy Wisdom Monastery on north uh, of Middleton on County M and and spending the day and night overnight praying and fasting for the decision that's before us. Praying for you, praying for our church. and praying for God's plan and will to be realized. I invite you to join me in prayer, not physically like we were this past Monday night, but I, I invite you to pray wherever you're at, wherever you're working, wherever you're living, wherever you're at throughout the day, would you just uh, find time to join me in prayer? Wherever you're at, two minutes, take three minutes. If God prompts you to give up a meal, to fast for a meal or two, um, Follow his prompting and take that time. You'd be preparing or eating a meal and take that time to pray. So it's a a call to prayer tomorrow on the last day of October. And as we go through this time, let's not only pray and discern and share together, but let's embrace Paul's words in Ephesians chapter four and uh, find the building of the body as we affirm mentally, spiritually, theologically, our unity in Christ. The second aspect of this uh, building up the body is to serve and work together. To serve and work together. Let's continue in Ephesians, uh, the next verse, chapter uh, four, verse seven. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. And then d- drop down to verse 11. So Christ himself gave apostles, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up, building up the body, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So the unity is ours, the first six verses. We have our unity, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one spirit, one hope, right, one God and Father of us all. But then he says that, 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 the, that these gifts are given so that the church would be built up until we attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. So a unity yet to be attained one another with one another and with God through his Son, Jesus Christ. Paul is saying that grace has been given to us, that, that, that gifts have been given to us, grace apportioned as Christ apportions. So you have been given grace, not only grace, if you're, if you're a follower of Jesus, not only grace that saves you, but a grace that calls you and, and grace that are gifts to use in God's service. You have talents and abilities and, and gifts to be used in serving and working together. And so as everyone serves and works together and gives and shares together, then the body is built up. There's the building up of the body happens as we serve and work together kind of like a family. If you're in a family of two, three, four, or more, whether you live with someone or have extended family, usually, usually everybody in the family has a chore or two. Some responsibility at home, right? If you have little kids or grandkids, they, everybody has a responsibility. It might be just making their bed or helping with the dishes or sweeping the floor, whatever it might be. But everyone has a responsibility. Like in a family, and so in the family of God, everyone has a responsibility. A uh, first grade teacher was talking to her class one day about, uh, uh, about family and what do they do in their family, and she said, what, what do you do in your family? And a lot of little kids, first graders' hands went up, and one little girl said, well, I, I help with the dishes, and a little boy Said, well, I feed the dog. (laughs) And another little girl said, I help dad sweep the floor when it needs to be swept. And all all little kids had something that they'd do at home, except for one little boy sitting in the back. And the teacher asked him, Daddy, what do you do at home? And he said, I stay out of the way. (laughs) When it comes to the church, may that not be your answer, <laughs> okay? When it comes to the church, may that not be your answer. We don't need anybody staying out of the way. We serve and work together for the building up of the body. And as Heather mentioned in her children's sermon today, the Apostle Paul talks in 1 Corinthians about the body being like a human body. That just as there are different parts to the human body, so there are different parts to the body to the the body of Christ, the church. And just as every part needs to function for our body to function healthfully, so every part of the church needs to function for the church to function healthfully. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. Just as a body, the one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ in verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and each of you is a part of it. Many parts, one body. It's a beautiful image. Like the pieces of a puzzle. For those of you that make puzzles, every piece of the puzzle has a different shape, right? But you put all those pieces of the puzzle together in the right place, connect them all, and it creates a beautiful whole. In the church, we all have different gifts and talents and abilities and interests and preferences and personalities and talents. You put them all together in the right place, and it makes a beautiful whole. Uh, You can say it like this. Let's celebrate our unity. Appreciate our diversity and be motivated toward maturity. Celebrate our unity, appreciate our diversity and be motivated toward maturity. Paul says in verse 16 of Ephesians chapter four, I'm, I'm sorry, verse 13, verse 13 of Ephesians four, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith, this meaning the gifts that have been given and they're serving together and building up the body, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. That's, that's the goal. That, that's where we're going. That's the goal. And, and, and the result of this Unity, diversity, and maturity is, is this, verse 14. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. What a beautiful picture of the body of Christ! What a beautiful picture. Of the church, what what a beautiful picture of the maturity uh, in the church, all wrapped in love. What What is the result? Healthy, growing, and mature. Healthy health health growth and maturity. Health growth and maturity. Asbury is and will always be about building up the body as we uh, do life together. As it is, it will always be about uh, the work of celebrating our unity that is found in our identity in Christ, uh, appreciating our diversity, working and serving together, and being motivated toward maturity. That's a great life together. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you and praise you for the Apostle Paul who you inspired 2,000 years ago to reflect on what it means to be united, and what it means to have various parts, uh, different gifts and talents and graces, and what it means to mature in the faith, mature toward greater unity toward greater understanding of the fullness of your Son, Jesus Christ. And Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you that we can be in the church today. Lord, we come to you today and we continue to surrender our lives to you, that you might continue to work in us in profound and powerful and significant ways that we would be that church as a, a light to our community, that we would indeed be the church's salt in, in the community, that you'd help us, God, to be that kind of church that is united, not in all, everything we think, everything we believe, or ev- all our opinions, but, Lord, united in you and moving forward in faith. In Jesus' name, amen.